Rambam for Tuesday, Chav Ches Menachem Ov, Tavshem Pei, the fourth parak of Hilchus Abedazodah. So after we learned yesterday about the mitzvahs relating to the actual worship of Abedazodah, so today we're already moving on to the next topic. The next topic is the din of a Madiach and the Iranidacha, someone who's causing a whole group of people to do Abedazodah, and what happens if it's a whole city. In this parak, we're going to cover mitzvahs Right, the actually is not going to mention that. Okay. It's not going to, it's just, you know, everything is theoretical and everything could be... Right, right, the Reish Yeah. Yeah, so the Ram is not going to mention that it's not actually, according to the Gemara, it never actually happened. Of course, in the Gemara, there's actually an argument about whether it actually happened or not. The Ram is just going to, you know, the, in theory, the halachas are always relevant to wherever we have based in Eretz Yisrael. So uh, it's a mitzvah like any other. We have to study it. So we're going to cover mitzvahs numbers 9 through 12. Um, so number one is the madiach, really. Not the irenidach. It's just that you shouldn't uh, be a madiach, the punishment of the madiach. And there are three relating to the irenidachas, which is 10, to burn it, 11, not to rebuild it, and 12, to not derive any benefit from it. We're going to start with mitzvah number nine, which is the din of the Madiach himself, the person responsible, or the people responsible. So those who cause an entire city to uh, go serve the Zara, which gives them the title of Madiach, um, so their, their punishment is actually skila. Even though they didn't actually do Avedah Zara themselves, all they did was cause other people, convince, persuade other people to do it until they went ahead and did it. Mm-hmm. So the, the whole halacha here is literally just relating to persuasion, nothing to do with your own uh, personal uh, behavior. That's the whole chiddush, because if, you, uh, if, you if they would have served Avedah Zara themselves, they'd be high of skill anyway. The chiddush is it, even if they didn't serve Avedah Zara and they just convinced others in this kind of context, then, you, uh, then they're also high of skill. Of course, this din is also uh, mentioned yesterday. With these din are coming from Sanhedrin, Masecha Sanhedrin, Perak Dal Misus. We have Elohim and Eskalin, but this is also there on the list and discussed over there. You got Skila for being a Madiach as well, not just serving for the Zara in the different forms that we discussed. Um, now, you note that the Ramam writes, Later, we're going to see with a Mesus. In the next paragraph, we're talking about a Mesus someone who convinces individuals to serve the Zara, the halacha is that you have witnesses hiding behind, and the second they hear him say it, you put him to death right away. So it's nothing to do with the outcome of the mesis. It's the behavior of the mesis, trying to persuade others. The madiach, the madichem, it's ad sha'avdu so it's actually only if they actually cause the city to become a dachas, or at least a large group of people to, to serve the Zara. Is it city of Yidin? Of course, it's yes. No, city of Yidin. Yidin. We're talking about Yidin here. All Yidin. Um, and the first Shem, the Ramam discussed this point uh, further about the fact that it caused them to actually serve. Okay. And the Ramam, even though we really started off talking about the, uh, the Madichim, but the Ramam also mentions, by contrast, those who were persuaded, the people in the city, they were going to be killed later by sword, not uh, by skilov. And they, of course, they actually have to serve it. So either they did the Avaidis that we learned yesterday, or they accept it as their God. The two options that we learned yesterday, that it's either worshipping or accepting. Even they did Teshuvah? We're going to get to Teshuvah. We're going to get to those details later. Um, so 
like I said, even though we're really talking about the Madiach, but sort of a contrast to, you know, Madiachim are like this, the Mudachim are like that. And it's also sort of an introduction for the whole park. We're going to see the Madiachim, the Mudachim is going to come up again when he goes through the details, uh, the halachas in detail. We're going to get back to, again, how we give skila to these guys and Saif to these guys. And of course, the halacha of uh, the Irni Dachas, the killing them is an Eluhein and Asrafin, the list of in Sanhedrin of those who are Asrafa, uh, and it also lists those who get Hariga, it's a very short list of those who get the Saif. Now, the final part of Allah Aleph. So, as we explained yesterday, we've seen a number of places. It's always important to identify the Azhara. There has to be a negative sentence that says, don't do this, and then it's allowed with it as hard, then you can give a punishment. Now, if you look in the, the parish of Erni Dachas, which was in, also in last week's parish, parish Sray, so there's no lashon of Azhara. It just says that if Anashim Nebliyal, if these troublemakers come and they cause this whole thing, this is what you should do to those people who worship with Azhara. Where's the Azhara? Where do you see that the, the Madiach uh, was warned? So actually, it's in Parshish Mishpatim, between the din of Shemitah and the din of Shal Shrigam, there's a Pasuk in the middle that says, the Bukhala Shamar Telechem, so I mentioned something about not mentioning uh, the names of other idols, and the Gemara already says this is for our purposes, this is the Yazhara for the Madiach, so that way we can say there's actually a love, a warning, don't be a Madiach. Now the Rambam, before we get back to describing how the Irni Dachas works, I'm going to interrupt to go through all the conditions, many, many numerous and, and Difficult conditions in order to actually get to a case of an irni dachas in, 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 in reality. And we're going to get back to the actual mitzvah of Sreifa that's going to be in Allah uh, Vav. The assumption here is going to be that uh, besides for the fact that the Madichim have a special din, that we, we treat the Madichim, the ones who cause the people to do this in a special way, there's also a special din for the Mudachim. They're not being treated like regular every desire, right? Because they're getting a different punishment, we're going to burn the city. So in order to get this special din, it's not just enough to, that they all did a very desire. There's going to be a lot of many, many additional conditions, as we shall see. Halacha beis, ein ha'ir nasus ir nidachas, ad shiyu madicheha shnaim or yeser al shnaim. So first of all, there need to be at least two. Two or more madichim. Not one. Shinam ar yotzo anashim b'nei So this is all going to be uh, based on the first pasuk, I believe, in, in the story of ir nidachas. It says, yotzo anashim b'nei b'liyal mikrabachav yadichu yishyesh ve'idam lemer neuchav anavdal him achenim asher le'edatam. So, a bunch of words there that describe how they're going on the cause of the Shabbos. So from three words in this Pasuk, we're going to learn a number of important dinams. So one is that it's a Noshim. So it has to be men, it has to be, it has to be multiple. And additionally, it says the word Mikirbecha. So those who are causing them to do this have to be from the same tribe in the same city. We're, we're assuming that we're dealing here with a, uh, a city in Eretz Israel that's divided according to the Chalukah of the Shvatim, so the particular Shevet that's in the city, so it has to be from that Shevet in that city. So it tells Mikirbecha, so it has to be from among them, it can't be uh, foreigners, people who don't belong to them. And the Ad Shedichu Ruba, Viyu Hamudach and Mimea, Vadrube Shal Shevet, as he's going to say in a moment, from the word Ha'ir. So it has to be most of the city, and when we say most of the city, there has to be at least a hundred. That has to be most of, of a city, at least a hundred, up to most of the whole Shevets. So in its entirety. But if you went too far, if the city was so big that getting a majority of the city to do a survey desire means you got the majority of the Shevet to do a survey desire, then all of a sudden we revert back to the regular din of treating them as individuals. 
does the inhabitants of the city. Now, actually, the Pasuk says Yeshvei Ha'ir, not Anshe, but uh, I think there are other places as well where the Rambam sometimes paraphrases when he quotes Pesukim. But uh, the point being, the word Ha'ir, anyway. So it says, Ha'ir, Lake Far Katan, Lake Krach Kado. So lower, less than 100 would be too, too small of a city, wouldn't be a city. And if it's the whole, uh, as he's about to say, the whole Pachas Yimei Kfar, if it's less than 100, we wouldn't call it an ear, we would call it a Kfar, a village. And if the city is so big that it has uh, most of the Shevet in it, serving a very Krach Gadol, that's already too big of a city that wouldn't be described as a normal city. So Anoshim, Mekrebecha, Ha'ir, these are all Badafka, it has to be this way. Um, and these dinim are all in, uh, just to find out, are Masech Sanhedrin, they're all in the famous parak called Yisrael Yishim Chayek Le'em Haba, so the second half of that parak is all about the Irni Dachas, all these conditions that relate to Irni Dachas. We're over there. So, <clears throat> so first we said it in um, sort of as a positive statement. There have to be two. There have to be from that city. Now we're going to say it in a negative sense. All the ways that you can run aground of these conditions. So if it was women or children, so that's not a nashim. If it was an individual, so that's not a nashim. Or wasn't uh, wasn't the whole wasn't the rave of the city. So then I guess you wouldn't call it anshehir yoshvehir. Or uh, no one convinced them at all. So you certainly don't have a Yatsu Anashim there. Or they weren't Mikribecha, they weren't from among them. So in Donumba, dinner in Idachas, so practically speaking, that's not in Idachas, it's like any other in the group of individuals who serve by the Zara, give the regular din of Skila to whoever did it, and the money is going to go to their, uh, their heirs, like anyone else that based in kills. Unlike what we're going to see, what happens to Nirni Dachas, where there's a different uh, thing we do with their uh, possessions. Um, of course, the, the, that's when we speak about Haruge Beistin and the money, that's usually in the Sanhedrin, the Hilchus Avel, but mentioning it here uh, as a contrast to uh, Nirni Dachas. All right, so now we're going to get to another condition the, uh, the Beistin. What kind of Beistin is necessary to do this? So Gimel ain't So right off the bat, you need the biggest basin of seventy-one, not the smaller din, even if they are usually able to do din in a fascist, uh, capital punishment. So this is a pasuk not regarding Ernie Dachas. This is a pasuk uh, in, in actually in yesterday's Aliyah and Shaftim. Um, this is just describing a regular uh, situation. Uh, so, in the regular situation, um, we bring them, it says, El uh, to your gate, the Sanhedrin, your local Sanhedrin. So, Remember, we see that the individual, they come to Sharecha, they come to your local basement. But, if it's a whole group, if it's going to be Ernie Dachas, here we see the reverse, that it's going to have to be only in the basement. Now we move on to the geographic conditions. In Halacha Dalit. Ain achas me are miklat nasus erni dachas. So first off, any of the are miklat, and your miklat cannot be a place where the, those who committed a murder have to flee for their safety. That cannot become enas erni dachas. Shanamar, ba'achas aracha. One of your cities. Now there is a girsa in the many prints, ba'achas sha'aracha, and I think the Mepharshim usually referred to it as sha'aracha. But in Xaviyad, the manuscripts of the Ramah says aracha, and that's actually the Pasuk. Look in the Pasuk of Erni dachas, it says ba'achas aracha. That's what I'm just going to say. 
Um, now the Ram doesn't fully spell it out, but we're about to say, and because it wasn't divided into Shvatim. So what are these what's Bahas Aracha? What's Shlanishakal Shvatim? So the idea seems to be here that the word Aracha means your cities. It means it's referring to the cities that were given to, to you, to the Shvatim. So Ir Miklat is a kind of city where the Shevet doesn't really keep it. So it doesn't count as its city anymore because the Shevet has to take that city and set it aside to become an Ir Miklat. So it's not really a Recha. It's not like your normal city that belongs to a Shevet. And Yushalayim is a little more explicit. It's also not a Recha because it doesn't belong to anyone's Shevet. It's sort of a communal city for everyone. So it also wouldn't be described as a Recha. So the Torah wasn't talking about that. Now the Ravid actually uh, interjects here and says, Le'edati ma'ayin le'zeh about the first part, about the Ari Miklots. Where do you get that from? They never be Gemara, El Yerushalayim. Gemara says only Yerushalayim. And he says, the Svara, Kal Ari Miklot, HaShvatim Nosnu, Esa Mirchol Kayim. Yerushalayim was never given to anyone. The Ari Miklot were given to the Shvatim, and the Shvatim had to separate them. So according to Raiva, that means that it is Aracha. Because they gave it away. Because because they, they're the ones who gave it. They're the ones who received it. The Rambam, the Rambam seems to hold that because once they gave it away, it's not theirs anymore. So just because they were the ones who had to give it away, right now it's not theirs, it's not a Rechah. Uh, Minchas Chinuch also points out that according to this, it's obvious, although it's not stated until the Minchas Chinuch perhaps came along, that this doesn't apply in Chutzlaretz, because that's certainly not a Rechah, that's not Shvatim, none of that would apply in Chutzlaretz, even though it's not spelled out. So that's that. Now we go on to uh, another uh, kind of geographical condition that it can't be harmful to Eretz Yisrael. You can't do this in a border city. So the nation shouldn't be able to penetrate Eretz Yisrael through there and destroy the whole land. Of course, we know there are many halachas relating to defending the, the sovereignty, defending the security of the land, especially when it has to do with the, the border. And that applies here as well. And an additional din, which according to the Ram seems to be the same kind of idea, that a basin cannot do three uh, cities, three irnidachas, one next to the other. Uh, but if they're not next to each other, if it's one here and one there and one there, according to the Rambam, you could do it. Um, Sounds like it might also have to do with uh, sort, of, sort of damaging if you're just destroying three cities right next to each other. But the Ravid actually uh, disagrees and says that the Ramah said based in Echad. And the Ravid says it doesn't matter if it's one basin or three but they then You can't do three together. And he says it doesn't matter if it's near each other or not near each other. Even Murukhakas you can't do it. And Farshim, it all depends on how you learn the Gemara. That's all discussion about Farshim. Um, now we're going to go on to a special condition about the language used by the Madichim. Have to use, uh, you speak in the plural. I mean, I guess if they went one by one from person to person in the city, even if they covered the whole city, but they said it on an individual level, on a personal level, hey, let's see, you know, you go ahead and do it, that wouldn't be any dachas. There has to be that they, off the bat, they were coming with this, uh, let's all do it together. We're trying to get everyone involved. Neilach v'navid, neilach v'nizbach, neilach v'nakater, neilach v'nanasech, neilach v'nishtach, neilach v'nakal v'loya. So these are, um, six l'shaynes. So four of them, nizbach, nakater, nanasech, nishtach, are the four of those that we learned yesterday. Navid is just a general term that includes everything, and nakal v'loya is the, the alternative thing, which is just accepted as a god without actually worshiping it, which also counts as a vayda zara. So, so if they listen, 
and they went ahead and they did it uh, one of those uh, either the unique way oh Benave the Benave could be the unique the unique way of, of serving that Avedazara so if they served it in the unique way of that Avedazara or one of the four or Aisha Kiblu Aisha Belaya or they accept it as a god so then um, that's that's what we're talking about then the condition was fulfilled now we already mentioned in really in short already in Aleph we said but here uh, it seems like Ram is making a segue back to actually describing the actual story and this is sort of an introduction to the next halacha where we're going to move on already to the actual din so Ram wanted at some point to just describe the actual situation so he starts off with the condition of Neil the Nav and he turns it into the actual story and they listen and they went ahead and they did it and then that's going to be a continuation continuing into the rest of the halacha. Um, now again, in the second half of the halacha, he also sort of is repeating something he already said, Bekitzer and, and halacha beis. And again, it seems to be like he's just he's telling the story. Um, what if the conditions will not, were not fulfilled? All the things we just learned uh, in halacha beis, gimel, dalad, and the beginning of hey. So hey, what do you do? So then there's individual hasra warning, individual testimony for each individual who served the Vedasara. They get stoned as individuals, and as we said in Allah Bayz already, their money goes to their heirs because it's just a normal uh based and normal people, not any dahas. Um like I said, again, it seems like Ram just wants to say it now as one long story if they did this. If they went ahead, so then if they didn't fulfill the Tanayim, then this. And then the continue. And if they did fulfill the conditions, then we're going to get into that whole story. Now, the Lashon here is We warn and, and we, we testify about each one. So the Lashon mission here says, So he thinks that the Ramam is saying, here you would need individual Asura for each one. But if it really was a true case of Ernie Dachas, as we're going to see, you send two Tamilachacham to warn them. You only need to warn everyone. That's why the Ram over there does not mention anything about warning everyone individually. Uh, the Gemara seems to say you do need an individual Asurah, not for the people that are being the Madichim, they have individual Asurah. But um, as you'll see soon, as we get to Allah Chavav, um, Maybe we can uh, say otherwise. Okay, we'll see. Now, now we're getting to the big halach, halach avav, which is it's long and it's the din of irani dachas. And at the end, we're going to have mitzvah number 10, which is to burn the irani dachas. Now, I just want to point out that even in the beginning of the of the Zara, he said it's short, list strife. But if you look at minyan ha mitzvah, in the beginning of the sefer, it actually says, So, of course, the killing is part of the mitzvah, the killing and the burning. And we're going to see that uh, the killing and towards the end of the avav and the burning all the way at the end of the avav. And Ramam describes it as being a bunch of steps, as we're going to see. Step one, step two. So, how does it actually work? When it's worthy of being Eridachas, meaning that all of the conditions that we enumerated above are not stopping us, so that's not an issue anymore. And there's some talk, there's something going on in that city. So, based on Agadol, first thing is, as we said, the authority belongs to the based on Agadol, so they're the ones who get involved already from step one. So this is step one. They have some kind of investigation. Without that I'm saying that, I guess you would think that the Adam sort of enough Adam came to Basin and, and reported that uh, what's going on. But the Ram seems to assume that uh, there's an investigation also. We'll see the Pasuk really says, So that seems to be how the Ram is applying it here. So Basin 
has some kind of investigation. Ad shiedu baraya brura shahut kolair eruba until they know for sure, with a, for sure meaning that there's some very compelling proof that uh, it's the whole city or most of the city. And I'll comment on the word in a second, but they're serving a Vaidazara. The Ram doesn't define what a Raya Bura is, but probably you don't have two Adim that can testify to the whole city as as one. Which two Adim would have been likely to have seen everyone? But I guess when you have a bunch of different pairs of Adim coming along, enough of them add up. So uh, at some point, uh, the investigation concludes Raya Bura that uh, this is what happened. Although, as we're going to see soon, and one of the future steps is they start over again. They get Adus. For every, but once they show up in the city, they're going to get edus for everybody again individually. So apparently, this is not quite the kind of edus that uh, is is uh, akin to when a basin is actually sitting and, and deciding whether to kill someone. As I said, this is this seems to be based on the pasuk with the Rashi Pekarat of Shalta Hetev in the Emes Nachan Adav and Nasa Zal Teiva Zoyis Bekavacha. So this, or maybe the next steps, are all included in that determining what actually happened. Now, the interesting question here: Vachazru, what's Vachazru of Edusara? Also earlier in Parak Aleph, uh, there's a lashon there. It says Hacha Archu. He's describing the evolution of Rabbi Desire. It says Hacha Archu Hayom Liyisrobe Mitzrayim. They didn't run in Mitzrayim for so long. V'chazru lumed maaseim v'lavad Rabbi Desire k'maisam. Also, he says V'chazru. They they learned the they they adapted the behavior of the Egyptians and they started serving worshiping Rabbi Desire. There are actually also two other instances of this use of the word Chazru in this kind of way in Hilchas Ishlos and Hilchas Gerishin and actual Allahic context. We're gonna context. We're gonna actually lead to some confusion. Why is I'm saying Chazru, something happened before? So this is one of the things that those who are uh, experts on the language of the Ram say there might be some kind of Arabic influence on the Hebrew usage. We had earlier in the first parak, we already mentioned that the word Sham throughout the Rambam, we had Sham many, many, many times since then. It just means that there is, not that there is in a particular place, and um I'm basing what I'm saying here is based on an article. Someone wrote a whole article actually on like every single word that people say in the Rambam might be, uh, the usage might be unique because of uh, the Arabic. So what does it mean over here? Seemingly the Rambam is using the word Chazer here to mean like Hafchu. That's, you know, Chazer, Hafaf, there is some similarity to the term. So Shahafchu, last love, they they flipped, they turned to Avedazara. Wrapped over there? No, I don't think, uh, I don't think the implication is. Um, I don't think that's the. It sounds like the, the Yidden in Mitzrayim. No, nah, it seems more like it's just a Chazul Masayim. Would we make more sense to say that the, they, 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 they switch? So they switch to what they're what they're doing. Um, in the article I mentioned, he points out they actually do find something like this even in Chazal. He likes to always the article that I have. He likes to always find some Yisraelim Chazal that say that I didn't completely make it up and uh, innovate in Hebrew. Points out that you have Chazru Bishamai Waymark Divri Bishil. No, Bishamai never agreed to Bishil before, so why are you saying Chazru? So clearly, Chazru sometimes means you turned, you turned towards them, you changed to them. This actually reminds me a bit of a bit of, you know, off topic, but a few months ago, someone pointed out that this famous story of Akiva, Akiva didn't learn any Torah, and then he, he finally, you know, he was inspired to learn Torah. So it says, in obviously, Rabnasan, that's the source for the story. Mr. Nelson says, Miyat Chazar Lume Taira. So the person who was giving a saying of Vart, what's Chazar? He started, uh, maybe it means that Kiva really did learn Taira before, what's going on here? I pointed out that uh, sometimes Chazar just means that someone changed course, someone changed tracks, and Chazar Lume Taira doesn't have to mean, look at the Mepharsh and Mr. Nelson, they also say maybe it's Chazar. But Shuva, not that Chazar always means that uh, you return to something that you were doing before. 
And uh, to go off topic, a little bit off the off topic, we already mentioned the story of uh, Officer of Nassan. Um, just a famous, very interesting thing. Everyone knows the story that Bakiva, uh, every child, everyone in kindergarten knows that the water was dripping on the stone and that inspired your Bakiva. Someone once wrote an article, a very, very fascinating article. He says, if you look at all the old prints of Officer of Nassan and all the manuscripts, it actually says that the Bakiva saw the rope of the, of the pail. He was wondering what what caused the hole in the rock, and they said, "Oh, it's the hole. It's the rope of the pail. The rope of the pail rubs against it every day until it causes it caused the hole." And that's what it said in all the original texts of Avraham Nelson. Until in the year 1622, someone came along, uh, someone in the came and printed some Haggais and Avraham Nelson, and on his own he said, "I think it makes more sense to say that it was the water and not the rope." And slowly, that Haggah made its way into every print, and that's what everyone knows today, but it's actually, uh, it's the rope, if you look in the, in the original story. Anyway, back on topic. Um, so, step two. What's step two? So, we send two Tamil Chachamim to give a special warning, which, according to Allah Mishnah, is the Hasra. If they did Shuva, right, we asked if, what about Shuva? So, if they did Shuva, according to the Rambam, Never mind, canceled. But if uh, they're standing by their foolishness, so then we move on to step three. Based on the the So the assumption is that they're not, if they're not listening to based to not to, to stop strong their desire, they're probably also not going to submit themselves to based on punishment. So you probably have to go to war against the whole city. So you uh, invite all the Eden preemptively to go uh, join the military so you create a siege and uh, you fight them until the city is broken open. Now, the famous Ravid here, the Ravid says, very nice, that Shuva, but uh, but if there's a Hasra, if there's a warning, and they went ahead and they did it anyway, so how should, how should Shuva help? So I think the, the simple, at least the straightforward way to me to explain is that for individuals, sure, yeah, even after when the Ram says, it doesn't mean that if Adam come on these individuals and say they serve the Vedazar, of course they're still going to get punished. We're just talking about the special din of the Irani Dachas. And apparently, in order for the din of Irani Dachas to happen, Basin has to arrive when the city is still in an actual state of Irani Dachas right now. But if by the time Basin shows up, it's not an Irani Dachas anymore, it's something that happened yesterday, last week. So there's no ear here anymore. We can't fight this ear. It's just a bunch of Yechidim in, in an ear. Especially if, as we're going to see, they didn't actually get Adam for each individual. The next step is going to, they're going to have Adam to, uh, sit, sit and talk about each one. Right, right. So certainly, that's what I'm saying. Certainly for the individuals, they're not, uh, right, that's a good point. But clearly they're not getting uh, off the hook for their individual behavior. There's a special dinner, Irani Dachas, that, uh, by the time they get to this, by the time they get to the city, there's no any dachas anymore, so you don't punish them for the for the past. And there's actually a very uh, big sikh about this in the Rebbe, specifically on this topic. Look at the sikh chelik tes a bays there. The Rebbe bays himself on what the Rakhachever says, and the Rebbe goes into great length about it. I don't know if it's exactly the way I said it, but it's this general idea that this metzius of a tzibur and uh, the metzius of the tzibur disappears if uh, they aren't acting as a tzibur anymore. So that whole the whole bedin dachas is based on tzibur. Said, then you go to so then you go to war. Now for step four, Kishtibaka, meaning once they break through, once they break into the city and they conquer the city, so then they get a whole bunch of Bati Din. So apparently you don't need the base Nagadal for the individual uh it sounds like you don't need the base Nagadal for the individual 
tribunals, if a bunch of tribunals, you judge each one. So here it does mention Hasra, although the Mishnah says it would mean the general Hasra, but maybe not. Uh, so if you have two Adam that say that you did a Vedazar after being warned, so then they put them aside. And then we keep account. If it turns out at the end of the whole thing that uh, actually they could know at the end of our count, turns out the whole thing was off base apparently because we only were able to count uh, a minority. So then the whole thing is canceled after the whole war and everything. It's canceled because it turned out not to be the case. So they get skill, of course, because they did it after us. Everyone else is saved and they get skill on the spot because you don't need the base in Agadol really anymore. This is uh, even the local base in the Sharacha. You could do it over there. Um, but if turns out it is in fact the majority, so then Malanais in the base Nagadol, so then you have to actually bring them up to the base Nagadol. I don't know if that means in Yushalam, where the base Nagadol itself arrived over there, but as they have to be brought before the base Nagadol, and then once that whole group of people is brought before them, now the base Nagadol can go in Shamdinam in the presence of them all together, and then base Nagadol says, okay, you are in fact the majority, you are in fact the city. And then they actually kill everyone with the sword. And if every single adult male did have a desire, then we kill everyone alive by sword, including the women and the children, even if they didn't do anything. I mentioned that in the Sikha, but they didn't see board, that they're included in the Tzibor. And if it's just a majority, not an actual uh, every single person, so then you don't kill women and children uh, or the people who didn't serve Avedazar. Then only the wives and children of those who did Avedazar are killed, and those who didn't, and their wives and children are uh, are not killed. This is all based on the, the next passage. So that's the that's what we're describing in terms of the psukim. This is the pasuk we're up to and what we're describing here. Continues with the, the rest of the dinim. Whether it's all of them or most of them, the madichim. Don't forget the madichim. They get skila. And now we move on to the next. We take all their possessions into the street. If there isn't a street, it has to be in the street. What if their main street was sort of outside the city? You build the wall around it until it's inside the city. So that, uh, that's in the next Pasuk. So the Rechayva is important, it has to be in the street. Like the Pesukim say, you have to kill uh, everyone, uh, anything that's alive, any animal really. And then everything gets, the animals get killed first, and then everything else gets burned, the whole city with everything. Here's the mitzvah that we're talking about. Mitzvah ten. She never said after the Asian Sahir is called Shalala. So that's this mitzvah. Now we said the tzaddikim, those who didn't serve the desire are saved, but their money has a different thing. Everyone else who was not hudach with everyone else, but still their possessions are nisraf and machal shalala. Their possessions are burned. Because they live there, when they're in they lose their. Uh, the, the possession. And now this is mitzvah. Um, I think the Ram is sort of skipping here to mitzvah 12, actually. If you have Hana from any of this, like Achas, you get Malchus, Shinemar, Layidbak, Biodchem, Umm, and Acher. And part of it is that you shouldn't uh, take any of it. It's Cherem, it's completely uh, not for anyone to take. So if you take, you, you get Malchus. Ches, interesting thing of Edom Zemim. What if there were Edom and 
they had they went through the whole process, and then turns out there are Adam's there, and there there are other Adam that said you were somewhere else when the whole story happened. It was an interesting halacha called If you grab at that moment, you run and grab stuff from the city, you can keep it. And of course, you can enjoy it, because the whole thing was cancelled. So it's not like you're grabbing things that were about to be burned. Nothing's getting burned anymore. The whole thing was called off. So on the one hand, you can it's not being burned, the whole thing was called off. On the other hand, you can go and grab the stuff and keep it. So why is that? This is happening between when Basin already said, this is the Ernie Dachas, Nigmar Dino, the end of the case. And before, I guess it actually happened, or at least before the stuff got burned. So if you sneak in in that interim moment, everyone who was about to get killed before they were saved had already sort of given up on his possessions. Interesting, Yeah? And now for Mitzvah 11, we can never rebuild it. It was Hefkin. I mean, once they come back, they can reclaim everything. And if, if no one grabbed it, then I guess the Yerushim can take it, but no one can take it. If they're getting killed anyway, it's It's never rebuilt. Whenever it does build, it gets locked. It says it should not be rebuilt. But you can turn it into gardens, vineyards, into orchards, which means it shouldn't be built as it was before a city, not to plant things. That's fine. It's not like um, maybe Egla um, Rufa, where you can't plant anything. You can plant stuff. Um, now, halacha test. What about people who uh, happen to be there? Do they get count as well? There's a caravan going from place to place. And if they were there at the time and they were also serving the word together, if they're there 30 days, if they're counted along, they get killed the same. And their possessions are lost. And if not, 30 days, the normal halacha of a regular everyday desire. And this is, I think, many other dinim as well. 30 days is usually what defines whether you're a, a member of the city or not. And uh, now what about other stuff that's there in the city? What if other people's stuff was there as at the cotton? It's uh, in people's houses, but it's not, it doesn't belong. It doesn't belong to them. Even if the people watching it in the city had taken financial responsibility, it's not burned. It's returned to the owner. It has to be the, the bounty of this city. not stuff that belongs to elsewhere. What about the reverse? What if the people who lived there had stuff in a different country? If it was gathered back along with the whole heap, then it does get burned because you gathered it. But if it never got returned, if it's still sitting somewhere else, then you don't have to destroy it. So it's not just about the identity, it's their identity plus the location. So if it's not in that location, then it's not Shlala, you can actually end up in the heir's possession. Get off. Half belongs to the city, half belongs to elsewhere. It was in the city at the time. It is Asura because part of that animal is the Nidachas. But Isa, she came in. If it's dough, Mutaris, then it's okay. Then you divide the dough. You give half to the air and half you burn. You base back to mitzvah number 12, which is really should be next. So we're never going to get back to Hana. Um, so an animal that was shechted 
it's uh, like we say, you don't burn the animals, you kill the animals. So if you shafted it, instead of just killing it, you still can't enjoy it because it's like a Sharaniska, or sure they get skila. what about a hair? The men and women, if it's attached to their heads and got cut off, you could use that. But if it already become a wig before, it was a wig from that city, then it's already part of their possessions. But also, it's forbidden. Fruit on the trees, which are generally palm trees, mutar and a permitted shenema, tick bites for serafta, you have to gather it. It's only if, all you need to do is gather. But if it's attached, you also need to disconnect it and then gather it and then burn it, they're not counted. And that's the story with the hair also. The hair was still attached to the head. You couldn't just gather it. Certainly the trees themselves are okay. And then they go to the heirs. Things that are hectic. But basically, the shakachim is bayach. It's supposed to be a carbon yumusu. You have to kill it. The zevach hashem teev. You can't bring it as a carbon because Hashem doesn't want such a carbon. Kachim by the kabbayas. If it was donated to the base mikdash, is fun. You padu the acher kach serfenes. First, you switch it for money. Then you burn it. Shemar shlal of leishlal shemayim. You can't burn it while it still belongs to the base mikdash, but you can't give it to the base mikdash either. So you have to revoke, take away that shemayim from it. Switch it to other money, and then you can burn it. If they're whole without a mum, harem kachim is bayach, just like any other carbon. Same halach has a carbon. But if there's a mum, harem mechlab hemta, then it's like any ordinary animal in a rug, and they can actually get killed. If it belonged to a kain there, Yerkeva, it should, uh, it's like anything else he owns, you can't burn it because it's holy. So it's like the, um, it's like the animals, the kachim is bear, yumusu, we don't actually kill them, we just lock them away. You just can't do anything with them because it's holy to some extent, so you can't destroy it, but you can't use it either because it's in so it's stuck in between, so Yerkeva, which should rot. But if the year had the trim, he didn't give it to the Kayan yet. In this case, actually, just give it to another Kayan and it's totally fine. And first, we get into all the different halachas. No time for that at all. Or the money, or even the holy books. In this case, you don't burn it. You actually just uh, you bury it. You shouldn't use it, though, so you bury it. Whoever carries out this din, it's like being uh, an oil. You're burning it completely. So just, it's like an oil that you burn completely. You make Hashem happy. You're taking away the anger of Hashem. Also in that passage, it brings blessing and, and mercy from Hashem. All from these